Are you hesitating to take the next step in your e-commerce journey? Founder Plus has you covered with proven frameworks tailored to your business needs for fast results, a supportive community of over 30,000 like-minded entrepreneurs and weekly live mentorship sessions. Founder Plus is your key to success. Try Founder Plus today for just $1 for seven days and start building your dream business with confidence. You can visit founder.com forward slash start dollar trial or click the link in the description to claim your trial. Hey, Founder Fam, before we dive into another incredible conversation, I want to share something really special with you. Whether you're just joining us or you've been following us since the beginning, you've been a critical part of our community working to change entrepreneurial education. I started Founder almost a decade ago with the mission to provide entrepreneurs access to the world's greatest business leaders. Our goal was to break down barriers to entrepreneurial education, and that's taken us on a journey from Founder Magazine to this podcast and beyond, and today marks the next step in that journey, Founder Plus. I'm proud to introduce you to Founder Plus, which is an all-access pass to each of our online courses and programs and their proven frameworks for success. It puts every strategy we've compiled from world-class instructors at your fingertips while connecting you to a global network of like-minded entrepreneurs. Founder Plus will take your business to the next level for today and tomorrow. So whether you've just joined our family or you've watched us grow from humble beginnings, we're really thrilled to have you join us in this exciting new phase of making the Founder brand and this company the world's best entrepreneurial community to launch and grow your business. So finally, before we get into today's episode, I'm inviting you to come back Check out Founder Plus and go to founder.com forward slash membership. I'm really excited, guys. This is an incredible new evolution of entrepreneurial education. And our mission is really to get as many of these founders that we interview to teach and also give back on the Founder Plus platform and really go more in depth with the knowledge and the experiences and the lessons learned that they're sharing all in Founder Plus. So guys, please go check it out if you're enjoying these interviews. That's it from me. I hope you enjoy this episode. Now let's jump in. What you need is thirst. You need to be a thirsty human. Who is intent on learning. It's a really fascinating fascinating exploration of human potential. Now. 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 The Founder Podcast. Even the greatest entrepreneurs had help. If you want to learn from the most successful founders on the planet, you are in the right place. Branson, Mark Cuban, Tony Robbins, Tim Ferriss, Ariana Huffington, Seth Ghost, Steve Case, Gary V, Sophia Amoroso, Robert Corcoran, Damon John. Learn from the greatest minds in business today with interviews hosted by Nathan Chan. This is not your average entrepreneur podcast. The Founder Podcast. The first question that we ask everyone that comes on is, how did you get your job, aka how did you find yourself doing the work you're doing today? Yeah, so I guess we'll bounce back all the way to pre-entrepreneurship. Um, I like to explain how I kind of got into things from as early as high school, because I think that's a lot uh, where some people start to get interested in certain things other than school or sports and stuff like that, right? People start to jab into um things like their own hobbies or learn how to, you know, um, have fun with whatever they want to do, even entrepreneurship, right? I was not one of those people in the beginning. I was not one of those people that sold candy at high school or, you know, had these little side hustles. But I think I always had some sort of a 
you know, building mindset. I enjoyed building things as a young kid. I was building Legos um, in the garage with my father, um, building small projects like go-karts and stuff like that. But obviously that stuff is a little bit outdated right now. And especially in a new digital economy, um, other things need to be built uh, to obviously monetize. So um, from high school, like I said, um, not too big into entrepreneurship, but going to university, I started to dabble into ways to make money. So I started out by going to university in North Carolina. As a Canadian, obviously, I couldn't um, monetize down there. I couldn't get a job, no visa. Um, so I looked on Google how to make money online. Um, when I typed that in, the first suggestion was how to make money online. I typed in how to make money. Type, and the first suggestion was how to make money online. Went down that rabbit hole, um, looked into affiliate marketing, Amazon FBA, all these uh, I said, I guess, so-called guru business models. Um, none of them worked out for me. Um, lost a bunch of money, kind of got scared of it. Um, and then uh, a few weeks later, I got an advertisement from a dropshipping guru and they explained the simplicity of the dropshipping model, um, how you can actually start an online business and sell goods uh, for a low startup cost. Um, and I was hooked after that. I was like, you know what? Uh, I love how you can um, maneuver the product and the offer in the way that you want. You don't have to sell somebody else's affiliate offer and you don't have to order up inventory like Amazon FBA. So you can sell almost anything instantly today. So I was hooked after that. Um, after that, I dropped out of school, um, moved out, uh, kind of ran away from my parents and tell them they're always wanting me to be a doctor or an engineer. Um, but I saw this entrepreneurship as something I wanted to do. Um, and I just hustled about for about a year and a half and popped off my first real e-commerce brand, which was based off of the um, plastic straw ban in 2019. So back then there was a viral video going around of a turtle with a straw stuck with its nose. Um, so just like, you know, any business, identifying a trend, identifying a demand for something um, is crucial. And I caught on to that and I started selling um, reusable portable straws off of that um, plastic straw ban. And that was my first e-commerce business. And uh, since then, I've built um, close to a dozen e-commerce businesses. Yeah, wow. Okay. And, uh, you know, I found you and the team found you through uh, your kind of like viral style TikTok videos and reels. They're really cool, man. A lot about like how to use AI to grow your e-commerce business. So like that's really the big topic of conversation that we're really interested in. And it's just like such an emerging topic, right? Because I think more than ever now, it is easier to start a business. It's easier to find a product. It's easier to get traffic to your site. But there is more competition than ever. Like you see how easy it is to just whip up a store using Shopify. So I'm curious, just on the dozen or so e-commerce businesses that you have built and brands, what was the most successful one? Can we talk some numbers? Can we talk about the brand? Like, or like, are you still active in running these businesses? Like, talk us through that. And then I'd love to delve on the tactics and things that are working. Yeah, so to touch on those e-commerce businesses that I built, um, all of those were D2C physical goods. Um, and like that one business that was the start, that, that business I scaled to around quarter million dollars in the first few months. Um, that was life-changing money for me, but um, it's funny because I look back at that and I could have scaled that a lot further if I knew what I knew today. Uh, I'm sure most entrepreneurs say that. Uh, since then, I've done the same thing with multiple other stores, but um, obviously learning more ac uh, customer acquisition channels, um, more ways to actually have uh, 
quality customer experience and, you know, retain LTV um, and all kinds of skills to obviously, you know, gain more revenue. So since then, I've built e-commerce brands around multiple different products, um, beauty products, lighting products. Lighting was one of my biggest ones um, and even dabbling into digital products as well. The biggest e-commerce business that I scaled for for physical products was actually during uh, the pandemic. Um, and uh, back then, um, I'm not sure if the audience knows, but there's sites like Exploding Topics, Trends.co. Um, there's actually one uh, called uh, Trend Rocket now as well. Yeah, that's uh, all by these Davey. Sites, yeah, exactly. But Davey, yep. Um, and all these sites make it super easy to identify trends right now. And especially right now, um, there's a site called Glimpse, uh, Glimpse.co or something. I forget what it's called. I use it all the time though. And there's some really interesting metrics on there that will tell you where the trends are actually coming from. And at the time, there was a trend called TikTok lights um, that was blowing up. And it's a pretty broad keyword, right? It's not any specific product. So I caught on to that. I started looking at, you know, what are TikTok lights? I typed in TikTok lights on TikTok, Facebook, all of the advertising platforms. And quickly, I realized there was one massive product blowing up right now. Um, or back then, sorry. And there was a product that Madison Beer was putting in her her videos. Other celebrities were putting in their videos and it was catching a lot of traction. However, all of the companies that were advertising this, there was one called Galaxy Cove. There was a bunch of other ones. Um, they were all lacking on their creatives. And um, one thing that I know, and I'm sure you know as well, is e-commerce e requires a lot of testing with creatives, right? It's always always um, competing against other people in the auction with media buying or organic traffic or even influencer promotions. So I saw the advantage there where I could order in this product um, and film way better creatives and use this method that I like to call the king of the hill method, um, which I can test to beat out everybody in the competition and then win the top of the auction inside um, media buying platforms um, and scale very fast. So with that business, um, I was able to, in the first week, scale to already six figures a week in revenue. And then I continued to scale as high as I could with um, me being a young guy back then. Um, I didn't have the best credit. So I was stacking up to like five credit cards borrowed from my mom, my father. Um, I had a couple myself um, and I was paying those credit cards over and I was able to scale to um, close to $400,000 a month until I hit that cap, right? I wasn't smart enough back then to get you know, investors or a loan or something like that. Um, so that was the cap there with that business. Um, and altogether through those businesses, I've done multiple seven figures um, until right now. Yep. Got you. Fascinating. So you have a lot of methods um, and like you coin them. Your videos are really cool. Like like credit to you, man. Like they're, they're, they're fast, they're snappy, the hooks are great. But then the method and you talk really like they're really valuable as well. So can you tell us about the adopt method and how that works? Yeah. So um, it's funny because I like I love how you say that I have a bunch of methods. Right. Um, I think a lot of people share some methods right um, across multiple businesses. But I like to throw a name on things and put a brand on it to make sure that people really remember it and understand how valuable these things actually are. Um, there's this actually this. Um, uh, quote that I heard the other day, and it was CEOs and business owners, they know this one thing across all businesses, 
to teach somebody, they need to hear something at least seven times before it actually sinks in with how important it is. So that's why um, in my videos, I really make sure that people can grasp it and it's as simplified as possible. So with the adoption method, I also have one called the uh, older sibling method. And just like I just said, the king of the hill method. All of these methods play together, but they all have their separate part. The adoption method um, specifically, um, I can use an example of another business. Uh, I like to use this business in a lot of my videos. Young LA, um, they're a huge e-commerce business right now um, in the lifestyle fitness clothing um, niche. Um, they blew up through TikTok, especially in the beginning of TikTok. Um, they utilize it super, super well. But how the adopt how the adoption method works is they utilized adopting early risers in you know platforms like TikTok, Instagram Reels that were blowing up and they had no re- they had no way to monetize. So Young LA in the early stages they were just a very small brand. They didn't have the best clothing, just like most you know products start out. But they knew one thing is if somebody else is growing, they can leverage their audience as long as they can form some kind of alliance. So they formed an alliance. I'm not going to name drop right now, but with a fitness influencer in the early stages, I was following this person as well. And I noticed that this person was blowing up very fast, but they had no clue how to monetize. So what Young LA did did was they built a system around this person by first um, having them promote I guess I'm not totally sure what the numbers the numbers are, what the commission is, but they leveraged his audience. And as his audience grew, the, their business grew as well. But here is where the trick is. That person is not only to replicate and duplicate into other influencers, because that's very hard to you know find other influencers by just reaching out to them. What they did was they used that one influencer to start with to attract other influencers because they were already big in the fitness influencer space. So after they adopted that one influencer, they then adopted more influencers through their network. And now they have thousands of influencers probably, um, and they are doing, I think, close to seven figures a day consistently um, with you know very little media buying, just uh, commission payments through their network of influencers. Yeah, so they've got a massive referral slash ambassador program. Yeah, and especially um, right now, a lot of people think you need a lot of capital to start, especially with marketing, with paid ads or anything. But with influencers specifically, with the adoption method, you can start with small micro-influencers with just giving them a product, not even paying them anything up front, but just agreeing on a commission basis. Mm. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, we um we had a, another founder. She runs a co-founder of a company called Burst, Burst Oral Care. Are you familiar with that brand? I haven't seen it, but oh, it's so massive. It's a good name. It's massive. They do. They sell like oral care, similar to high, like not the same as High Smile because High Smile do you know High Smile right? Like they do the toothpaste and stuff like that. And they're they're incredible on paid and creatives. Like their creatives are amazing. But Burst, their main way of customer acquisition, and we talk about it in the summit. We interviewed Brittany, is using an ambassador program with dentists. And they have dentists nationwide that are promoting their toothbrushes. And it's like very like cool. massive, massive business. Um, yeah. Okay. So let's talk about like TikTok because you are very, very good. Like your videos are some of the best I've seen on even talking about how to start a business, You like how to start an e-commerce business. And they're very good. And you also talk about the idea of, 
using TikTok to grow an e-commerce business. How have you used TikTok to grow your e-commerce businesses? What advice could you give to somebody when it comes to using short form videos to really kind of grow your e-commerce business? Yeah, actually, this is probably one of the most exciting topics I like to talk about. Um, TikTok is not a worse opportunity than it was two years ago when it first started. TikTok is just as explosive as it has always been. I think the main thing that most people go wrong is they don't understand that they can just replicate off of ideas that have already worked, right? Basing their creatives off of creatives that already have data. So one thing that I've always known, just like uh, discussing the King of the Hill method with finding that one big product that I uh, told you about earlier, is I've never, ever invented my own ideas. I don't think anybody ever has, right? They've always gone the idea from reference. So what I do is I make sure that I find as many viral ideas possible that are already proven to work. And then it's as easy as ordering your product in to make content to for yourself or a UGC creator and making sure that they replicate exactly what that person did in that video. That video is completely different because it's recorded in a different uh, space, different background, a different person. It's a unique video, but it is based off of a viral idea. So there's a very high chance it's going to go viral again. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's just for the organic side and, you know, making creatives. And um, a lot of people also don't, don't understand that with TikTok ads, um, it works just very, very similar to the organic algorithm. So if you can make your videos viral, your, your creatives are just going to get pushed so much further. Um, I've had... Uh, creatives get as low as $1.50 cost per acquisition with TikTok. And it's because they've already gone viral through organic. And then we boosted that virality, or if virality is not even a word, but um, we boosted that further with Spark ads or just regular ads on TikTok. Um, So it's so powerful that you can test creatives for free and then push them further with advertising. Interesting. So, So basically your strategy is just modeling other people's videos. Exactly. And you would never know that I've, you know, modeled after other people's videos because uh, one thing that I believe in that uh, makes somebody creative versus not creative is someone that's not creative usually copies from just one source. Um, but for me, I like to copy off of, you know, hundreds of sources and get the pros from all of those sources and put them all into one. So I like to combine ideas all the time. Got you. And what tools do you use? Any AI tools, any tools you could recommend when it comes to doing this? I don't have any AI tools for TikTok research for these creatives, but um, there's a Chrome extension that I love. It's called Sort for TikTok. And what it does is if you go on a you know a company's page or a, uh, you find a viral video and then you track back to their page, you click that Chrome extension and it'll bring all of their most viral videos to the top so that you have to go, you don't have to look through hundreds of videos. Ah, love it. And then you basically just model them. And how long does it take you to shoot a video? Um, it really depends. Um, it depends on the product, you know, the environment, the lighting. But I mean, I've shot videos in 30 seconds. I've shot videos in an hour. I've rented big Airbnbs, big houses, and brought in a bunch of friends or, or a big crew of people. Um, it really depends. But um, the best thing is with TikTok, authenticity is key. So the more um, amateur your video looks, as long as it's still clear to understand, um, the better it performs. Nobody wants a um, over-edited video that looks like an advertisement. They want a video that looks like you're sending a Snapchat to your friend of your new shoes. Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying this episode and learning a ton. 
As you know, in this series, we interview some of the greatest founders of our generation to find out how they did it. However, if you're thinking of starting your own business and you want to hear from some incredible stories from everyday people like you or I who are actually in the trenches, only been building their business for maybe one year or two years, like that are building right now and they're really in the early stages, but they're getting success. You should come and check out our new podcast from Zero to Founder, hosted by our community manager, Molly Flynn. These are in the trenches stories from our very own successful students that have gone through some of our programs. People just like you who are deep within the process of building their very own successful business. These are the founders of tomorrow. You can find the From Zero to Founder podcast on all platforms. And remember, it's founder without the E. All right, now let's jump in the show. You use TikTok as well to validate and research products too, right? Yeah, yeah. So there's multiple ways. Um, I like to validate products and research pro- research products through paid advertising. Um, just because you don't depend on the algorithm having to pick up your video and you know, sometimes your your account isn't warm. Your sorry, your organic account isn't warmed up properly. So I like to just force views in and get metrics right away. Um, but now, just like you said, um, product research and starting a business is way easier than it's ever been because of the tools that we have. Just like you mentioned before, there's so many AI tools. There's so many tools that you can look into businesses, similar web, Shop Hunter, all of these things. You can see the revenue where their traffic is coming from, and you can replicate exactly what that business is doing almost instantly now. So um, I don't even like to just validate products through testing anymore, where you know a lot of people in the dropshipping community or e-commerce community, um, they like to test so many different products. But in my opinion, you don't have to do that anymore. You just need to sell something that's already selling that you found through these softwares. Yeah, got you. So let's talk about tools, right? Like you, you share a lot of different AI tools. What are you using? Talk us through like the best tools that you're using as an e-com founder. So there's always different things that pop up, new solutions that we need. Um, and I mean, the probably the most go-to AI tool that we use is ChatGPT or sometimes mid-journey with creatives. Um, but there's also a lot of different things that pop up that we may might need a specific AI tool. Especially right now, AI has got to be the biggest trend on the internet ever, I think. Um, so there's AI tools popping up everywhere. But how do you find those tools? Um, there's marketplaces. I'll give one example, gpte.ai. Um, I believe that's how you spell it. It's a marketplace where you can type in your issue or the solution or the problem that you're trying to solve and it will show you the AI tools that have been built for that problem. So that's a, exactly, that's a way to just fast track to every single AI tool out there. Yeah, got you. And when it comes to chat GPT, I know you've mentioned copy AI or um, Jasper, like there's Jasper or copy AI. Yeah. Do, do you use, like, what's the difference and why, why do people use, I don't understand, why do people use Jasper or copy AI versus chat GPT? Well, I think the reason is, the simplicity of it, right? There's already buttons instead of you having to figure out your own prompt with ChatGPT. Also, another reason is, you know, those have been around before ChatGPT, so people are used to using those. But me personally, I like to use ChatGPT because um, I think there's more customization on your prompts, right? And as you get used, more used to it, there's actually more features than copy, copy.ai and Jasper. Um, 
Yeah, super powerful. You use Bard or any of the others or just ChatGPT? Mainly ChatGPT. Yep, got you. And uh, what do you use it for? The biggest thing is copy. Um, obviously, like if you find uh, articles or you know other websites that you see very good copy, um, just like I said, you don't want to... Nobody's an inventor. Um, you can take a little bit from here, a little bit from there, and combine it with ChatGPT. That's one of the, the most popular reasons why me and my team use it. Um, and another thing is just a lot of boring stuff like you know uh, contracts um, and uh, workflows and um, stuff that they they teach in business school that you know I didn't pay attention to. So yeah, gotcha. Okay, so what do you think the main challenge in implementing AI solutions? is for e-commerce founders right now? Uh, I think the biggest challenge is um, e-commerce founders trying to replace creativity with it. I don't know if that will ever happen. Um, I think that's something that is very rare nowadays. I think we're actually um, having less creative people now that there's so many more um, digital communities and you know, TikTok videos and uh, people getting addicted to the internet, all these things. Um, I think a perfect example is the music industry. Um, in the music industry, if you look at all the songs back in the 90s or the 2000s or even as late as uh, the 80s, right? All of their songs are a lot more unique because they depend a lot more on, on creativity. Nowadays, because everything's so simple, everybody can um, just hop on FL Studio and copy the next track, right? They can copy what worked on that track and make their own track like that. It's the same thing with e-commerce stores or e-commerce businesses. People tend to copy. And I think this is creating um, an environment of people being used to just staying inside of a bubble. All they have to do is copy that next person that's at the best just to get an inch further than them and then an inch further than that, that guy. But there's never that person that can just have straight creativity. They don't, they don't depend on these almost cheating methods. And there's never that person that just separates themselves from that bubble. So um, creativity. You better find a creative person for your team or you need to be creative for yourself. Yeah, love it. And with the rise of, I guess, chatbots and AI-driven support solutions, how do you balance automated customer support versus the human touch in customer service? What, like, what's your take there? You know what? I haven't implemented um, customer service with AI yet, um, but I think that's something that, um, I mean, is going to be one of the first things to fully be automated. Obviously, big companies, they don't even have phone support, most of them anymore. Um, especially Shopify, which is really annoying sometimes. Um, but they all have automated messages. Um, I think those automated messages can be improved tremendously with AI. But I believe with every company that I build, I'll have maybe a first level of AI. Um, and then every, anybody that needs extra help will still have human contact. Yeah. And where do you see it going in when it comes to AI and the future of e-commerce in the next five years? Um, I believe that the speed of everything is going to just keep on speeding up. Um, the simplicity of launching a business is going to get to so simple that anybody can just launch a business by pressing one button. Um, obviously, it can just learn everything, right? It's all data-driven. Um, so I think launching a, bus a business is going to be extremely convenient. However, this is going to create less competition, I think, I mean, you, you mentioned earlier that it's going to create more competition with how easy businesses are going to be created. I believe it's going to create less competition because it's going to create people that aren't as skilled and also aren't as ambitious um, that are entering the market. 
So all the people that are still ambitious and creative in this market are the people that are going to turn into monopolies. Mm, interesting. That's an interesting take. Thanks for sharing, man. And um, I'm curious as well, like, what are you excited about when it comes to this space? I'm excited that there's so many problems that need to be fixed and I'm going to be a part of that. Um, I'm excited that it's so young. Um, and uh, you know what? I'm excited for the next um, big wave. I don't know how long it's going to take. I think AI was that most recent one. We're still in that. Um, previous to that was the NFTs. Um, but I think the next big wave is going to be very dependent on audience. And just like I said, um, that is very scarce. It really depends on creativity. So um, I, uh, I think... A lot of people are going to own a lot of e-commerce businesses rather than a lot of people are going to own individual e-commerce businesses. Oh, so you you don't believe in just building one big brand and going all in. You think it's, you, you want to have multiple. Yeah. So I, this is, a, we can actually uh, talk about what I'm building right now since we're on this topic. Um, so like I mentioned, um, for the past four-ish years, I've been building individual e-commerce businesses. Um, the biggest problem that I found within my, myself doing this um, business model was I, I could never find myself um, reaching more than maybe two stores at one time. Because um, as soon as you split your time between two businesses, they both start to almost crumble. That's what I feel like. Um, when you a business works extremely well, is when you're absolutely obsessed with it, you're dreaming about that business and what you're going to do the next day. But if you have two businesses, you can't have that. You, it's literally just subtracts that out of your life. So um, they got me thinking, how can I be attached to a ton of businesses like an Amazon model or Shopify um, where I don't have to be there for the obsession, but I can be there for the resources and still make sure that it's using my skills, my knowledge, my capital to keep on growing, right? So it's actually funny because at the same time that I was going through this shift of, you know, building individual e-commerce businesses to finding my next level entrepreneurship and building something bigger, um, I started to also use um, TikTok and short form platforms to post my own personal brand as well. Um, I saw other creators blowing up. So, you know what? I was like, what's the worst can that could happen? Um, I might as well just start posting, you know, I think my life is pretty, pretty interesting. I make money from a computer. I'm a young guy. Um, it's almost like a money printer. A lot of people might say. So I started posting real results in my e-commerce businesses, uh, real opportunities. And in the first month, um, I gained quite the following. It was around a hundred thousand followers, 150,000 in the first month. Um, so I was like, you know what, maybe I can use this to my advantage to help build this, you know, next idea. I don't know what it is yet, but me doing this is going to allow me to network with people, get me in you know rooms with people that I wouldn't have if I didn't have the personal brand, and I can learn about finding a solution that will work for everybody. So um, about a year and a half later, uh, to, that was a year and a half um, since I started my personal brand, um, I've grown to close to a million followers across all platforms, I think, uh, which I'm pretty excited about because I really don't put too much time into this. Um, and uh, I found out, obviously, what I'm building now um, and how I can be a part of all these e-commerce businesses and you know, build more of a platform versus just building an individual brand. So what my company is now 
is we've shifted from building these individual businesses to building all of these businesses. And the way that we do that is there's one crucial part. And this is one thing that is has a huge stigma in the space of e-commerce and drop shipping and online business is um, edu- online education. So the first thing that we do is we make sure that we can teach as many people as possible to create as many opportunities as possible. So obviously, me myself, I may I might have all of the opportunities on my list, all the products on my list in the world, but I can only do one at a time. But for those products, I could build an army of people that have the same brain and knowledge as me, and they can all use my strategies and all build e-commerce businesses at the same time. So that's the first section of my business. And the way that we're attached to those businesses is we provide them with resources um, to softwares, um, payment processors, agencies, um, capital, anything that they need. There's With e-commerce businesses, there's usually around 70% to 80% of their revenue is expenses. We, are, we want to be that 80% um, of their business. Got you. Awesome. So you're building a whole ton of tools, resources, getting access to capital, payment process. Awesome. Um, yeah, no, it's really clever. I love it. That's kind of like, you know, with what we do at Founder in not so much the tool side, but uh, on the education side, we have a, an incredible platform that really kind of democratizes entrepreneurial education, really showing people how to build a business, how to start a business, how to grow a business from people teaching that have actually done it. Um, so very no, cool. that's, uh, that's something that I, I think is a very smart move. So, man, we have to work towards wrapping up. We could chat all day. You're a very interesting guy. Um, just, I have to ask, so if you were to start a business tomorrow, how would you, an e-commerce business tomorrow, how, what AI tools would you use and how would you use AI to start it and then grow it? Talk us through it. Yeah. So first, obviously it always starts at finding a demand. So I would use tools like Exploding Topics, Trend Rocket, Davies Software, um, Trends.co, Glimpse, uh, TikTok Creative Center, all of these platforms to identify what is popular right now. What is something that goes with, you know, something that's not seasonal, something that's going to last, you know, a long time. Um, there's you know, niches like health and wellness right now that are just growing constantly. And there's all kinds of micro niches inside of there, like water purification, um, uh, supplements, all these things. Find that demand. Make sure that it's the biggest one that I can find. That's the broadest because I want it to be able to be scaled. Um, and then the next step is to find um, a way to fulfill a product that can obviously fit that audience as best as possible while also me not losing my hair by being stressed out with fulfillment. All right. So finding a product that has very low fulfillment, low cost, and also provides as much value as possible. A lot of people don't know that you know there's tons of digital products. They can sell SaaS products now, supplements, cosmetics, and also just physical products. Um, what I teach and also what I would do is I would look at the most efficient products first. So like digital products, a SaaS product built with, you know, Bubble.io or white label software that you can buy from Code Canyon. Um, if none of those fit this this trend, for example, bee pollen right now, obviously you can't sell a SaaS for bee pollen. You might be able to, but it's probably pretty hard. You'll probably sell a supplement or a guide on how to use that supplement or use that ingredient in your meals or how it will enhance your performance as a human, right? So 
I'd pro preferably choose one of those efficient products, like a digital product or a SaaS um, that has a very low cost and can be scaled with without having to obviously hit three PLs and have physical products shipped out. Next, after that, I'd look at every single direct competitor in that space, find write down every single thing that I like about those businesses. And then I would look at every single indirect business that is um, in in the spaces around. So for example, with bee pollen, obviously I'm going to look at other bee pollen companies. Then I'm going to look at indirect businesses. So it's other supplement companies in health and wellness, because those people might have good ideas as well. Write down as many ideas as possible, get the fonts, get the copy, get the colors, get their marketing from TikTok, get the marketing from Facebook, Put, compile this all into a playbook. And then um, obviously the next step is to formulate your offer, make sure that you can, you know, get the best offer that will compete with everybody in the space, something that's different, something that can be copied. Um, and if it's one of those products where it's a digital product or a SaaS, obviously you can get that started right away. If it's a physical product and you want to make it custom, um, you're going to have to put that into production and wait a few weeks. Um, and uh, it's as easy as that, that you can launch. Um, to make that even simpler though, obviously that's a lot of information for that person that wants to start a business right now, they can still do that. They don't have to have all of those skills. They don't have to, you know, make this gigantic playbook. That's not very attractive to the, to the viewer right now, right? It's as easy right now as literally finding one business. You don't have to make your own business. Find one business, replicate it with AI, use ChatGPT to, you know, get the copy. There's sites like um, replo.app that already have wireframes that you can, you know, replicate onto your store, just change the name. Maybe change the colors a bit, change the copy to your own branding. Um, and then you can launch the exact same product the exact same way, just like I mentioned earlier, order in the product yourself. Or if it's a digital product, you don't even have to order it. Just talk about it and launch it through organic, replicating exactly what those brands did. It's as easy as that. It's as easy as that. So. I love it, man. Dude, this is, this is really cool. This is like next, like next level stuff. So thank you for sharing. Last question. Uh, and that's just a final, is there anything that I needed to ask you that I didn't ask you or anything else that you wanted to share? Any parting words of wisdom for our community? I think you did a pretty good job asking me questions. I think you got some good info out of me. I hope I explained it in a way that people can understand. Um, but the main thing is, just like we both mentioned in this call, right now is literally the easiest time to get, start an e-commerce business. Um, it is too easy. Like it, it actually blows my mind that more people don't do it. Um, so as long as you have drive and as long as you have social media, as long as you have a phone, just pay attention to what people want online and you can start that business today and start selling tomorrow. So, well, thank you so much, brother. Yeah. I appreciate being on here. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed this interview. As you might already know, our mission at founder is to help tens of millions of people every single week with our content either start or grow their business, which is exactly why we're partnering with world-class founders such as Damon John, Alexa Von Tobel, Greta Van Riel, and so many more to teach crucial skills such as negotiation, finance, e-commerce, and so much more. So if you'd like to get access to these free exclusive trainings, please go to founder.com forward slash free. These are 100%. We go super in-depth on teaching a particular topic, and I know that you're going to love them if you enjoy this podcast. So just go to founder.com 
forward slash free. All right, guys, I'll see you in the next episode.